Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 76, JK Rafflecopter. I am Bond Diesel. The Echo Cast is a podcast about the division, the division two, its community, news about it, and just random things I want to talk about, including other games and sometimes completely unrelated things entirely. Today, we will not have a stay of the game recap like I was hoping. We will be talking about the postponement of the return of State of the Game. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Gears of War 5, politics and games, listener questions, personal and content updates. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echocast. I want to welcome Darren as the newest patron and I want to offer my thanks to you for your support of the podcast and my other stuff. Thanks to Gray, Hassan, Joe, Jose, Luis, Mike, Ozzy, and Tim for helping support the show and my content. Uh, For transparency reasons, the money I'm collecting through my Patreon and all my other sources, uh, the podcast and Twitch and so on and so forth, um, is being saved to get a new office chair, a nicer mic setup, probably going with a a non-USB solution eventually, and to just simply justify the time uh, spent to Bay Diesel uh, so I can keep all of this stuff going because I'm still enjoying it, even if it's a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> okay, let's jump into State of the Game recap. No State of the Game this week. Um, as uh, most of you probably know, on Tuesday there was a State of the Game announced for Wednesday, uh, well, Wednesday morning for me in the States. Um, but unfortunately, Wednesday morning, this morning, they uh, they announced that it was being postponed. Um, I always try to be one to not be sensational, not get overly upset about my fun little hobby here. Uh, try to be a cool-headed influence uh, who's always willing to call out people who are, um, I think, being less than genuine and, and being full of shit. <clears throat> that said, uh, we need some info. We, you know, we... Um, you know, whether it's in the form of like an intelligence annex, which we haven't really had one of those since the release of the game, really. Um, there's been some updates about some of the DLCs, but it's just kind of regurgitated stuff we already knew. Um, or some type of write-up from <clears throat> someone like Julian Garrity or another higher-up. Um, similar to like what the Destiny 2 dev or the lead dev has done um, in some of the little diaries that they've been putting out. Um, if you listen to my show consistently, you'll, you'll know I've been fine with the break that they've been taking. Um, because if you've been around this community long enough, you'll know that, um, end of summer, uh, there's pretty much always a lack of information. Um, there's lots of vacations and stuff like that. Uh, but to a point that's not a full excuse to kind of completely leave us wanting for more. Um, I, I've... I've said before as well that I've always appreciated that uh, Massive and Ubisoft in general seem to be really against developer crunch, um, which is awesome. Uh, I don't expect Fortnite levels of updates and um, and so on and so forth. I, I don't want that because the devs I interact with seem to be happy 
and I don't want them to have to work so much that they're no longer happy because they're making video games uh, for uh, mostly a bunch of adults and some kids, I'm sure. But, you know, this 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 should be um, a fun situation for everyone and not be awful for anyone. That said, <laughs> I, I do know that in hindsight, um, even since I typed up my notes for this podcast today, um, I know that they said that Chris Gansler was sick. Apparently, that was kind of the crux. I I have I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that Hamish is actually still on vacation for at least another week or so. Um, at least that's the impression I got from when I think he said something on Twitter about having to come off his vacation uh, to attend stay of the game if they were going to do it. Um, so you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Uh, I suspect if they announced it on Tuesday that they truly intended on doing it. Or else they wouldn't have announced it. And then if they if they canceled it or postponed it, uh, I will assume that it truly had to be postponed and there were no other options. Um, I, I really do believe we've actually gotten a lot of updates on the game. Um, I, we're way ahead of where we were with Division 1 when it comes to updates, transparency, um, even though it may not feel like it. Um, but all of the but getting credit for that only kind of carries you so far with people um and and as people are getting bored with existing content um especially with the expedition being uh you know kind of lukewarmed receptioned and then being taken away entirely <laughs> um and and people getting frustrated with the current mechanics that need to be fixed or replaced you know that that doing a good job for the first few months of the game uh, you know unfortunately or fortunately depending on your outlook um, isn't going to permanently have people off your ass. Um, at the end of the day, I'm sure that they would have had the state of the game, you know, if they could have. Um, you know, there's lots of reasons, Chris being sick. I know ETF members are showing up if they haven't already had their first day. I don't really know their schedule. Um, you know, there could have been various issues that, you know, on top of just what we know. Um, but what I really actually hate about this is just that it just feeds the trolls, you know. Um, luckily, at this point, I've basically rid myself of all the people who I'd put in that category. Um, I do want to be clear that I'm not talking about anyone who says anything bad about the game. Um, I follow and pay attention to plenty of people who don't always have the nicest things to say about the division. Um, but who I don't bother with are people who basically have nothing to say, who just kind of vomit on the floor and roll around in it. Um, or people who are just constantly negative and just can't seem to find a single good thing to say ever. Um, so while I don't necessarily see it, I I can only imagine that this um uh, you know this this cancellation today was um just just fodder for the people who um you know enjoy sharing their misery with everyone else. Um, and I just kind of hate you know when things happen that kind of give those people you know more ammunition. Um. But more than anything, I just want some more info. I'm excited. I'm curious. I want to know what's coming. Um, there's a bunch of good games coming out in the next few months, and uh, I know people are kind of looking for what you know, like the division's answer is going to be uh, with episode two, with other updates, and then eventually episode three at the beginning of next year. Um, I think people are expecting something big because the first episode um, was cool. The expedition was a little bit of a letdown, I think, for most. And so I think people are really hoping that the Pentagon and then New York City are going to be uh, big and make up for it. But we will have to wait until hopefully next week for the state of the game to find out uh, what's going on with updates, with changes, with PTSs, 
Um, I suspect they'll talk a bit about the ETF, but they're not going to give you any of the information you really want to hear about ETF. Uh, I, I'm will I'll put a hundred bucks on that. <laughs> they aren't going to tell you what you want, <laughs> but that's okay. So there was my state of the game recap that didn't happen. Uh, Division two and just gaming news in general. It's mostly just gaming news. Um, Gears of War five was released. Um, it's really interesting. I, um, personally, I'm someone who's never been into Gears of War, like basically at all. Um, I found the theme to be kind of much like overly macho and lame. Um, just um, what I've learned from watching some of the reviews is that actually in Gears Four, I guess that kind of old school, kind of goofy way of treating the genre or the franchise kind of changed, and they got a little more serious and a little more, you know, less broy. Um, and it sounds like they've continued that with Five. Um, so I actually may be willing to check it out because if you have Xbox Game Pass, which is only $10 a month, and a lot of people, including myself, uh, paid, I think, $10 to have it for like the next two years, um, you can get it on Game Pass. You can pay 10 bucks, play it for two weeks, and then, you know, end your Game Pass subscription and you pay 10 bucks to play that game. But then you'll see the 100 other games that are worth playing on that Game Pass and um, Game Pass is a great deal. If you're an Xbox user, I highly suggest just going biting the bullet and just doing it. Um, but more than anything, uh, Gears of War Five. It's the story's getting good talk. The graphics is you know it sounds like even on the One X, it's just amazing. Um, the the facial animations and this in the the cutscenes and and all that. You know, there's a few little complaints I've seen, but nothing really that big. Uh, it really seems like you know Xbox finally has its exclusive game that they can slap on the table and say look at that look at how pretty it is um and i think that's good and, and i really hope that's the start of a trend for xbox as we move into the next generation and this game definitely seems like it's going to be one of those transition titles to a point obviously the new systems are at least are, are more than a year out but i suspect that they're still going to kind of talk about this game uh, gears of war 5 as being kind of like one of the flagships of like you think this looks good on one x wait till you see it on xbox 57 or whatever they're gonna call it i don't know um more than anything for me i just think it's cool to revive a, a storied franchise in gaming uh you know on the 360 gears of war was one of the biggest games around and um while i never got into it i know that for a fact there were a lot of people who were really into it um, for PvP, for the story, some of them just really liked kind of the ultra macho thing. Um, my thoughts personally, I'm I'm gonna try it out. I have the Game Pass, I might as well check it out. Not really expecting to get stuck into it that much, uh, but I don't need to. This game maybe wasn't meant for me. But the way, the same way I talked about a lot of other games is you know Destiny and so on. Just because I don't personally care for the games doesn't mean that I don't re like respect their place. Um, well, I did find it interesting in a couple of reviews I, I read and watched about Gears of War 5 was talking about how Xbox um, actually did something kind of impressive by, you know, this game was very, is very reminiscent of the games made in like the early and mid 2000s um, that, that no one makes anymore. These like action packed games with shooting and, you know, this fast moving story and all that. Um, a point that I, I believe it was Skill Up made was talking about how you know, while Sony is known for its incredible exclusives, that in a way they're all kind of the same thing. This gritty, you know, third person, you know, story complete, you know, completely just a story game, you know, not much more to it than that. Uh, that, you know, 
Horizon Zero Dawn kind of breaks the mold a bit, but not really that much. But, you know, uh, oh, I can't even remember. So you have like The Last of Us, whatever the newer zombie one was. They all just kind of tell they're kind of the same pattern. Um, they're amazing. They're they're system sellers. There's a reason the PlayStation has doubled up Xbox this gen. But, um, you know, there's probably more to that as well. But I'm just happy to see Xbox put out something that's going to you know, be a system seller, even if it was in the last year of the current gen. Uh, but I'm really hoping that this is kind of a pattern. Um, I'm hoping that Halo breaks the mold the same way, and uh, we'll have to see what else they have in store for the next gen. Uh, the other little thing is I made kind of a quip on Twitter, and I figured I don't have a whole lot to talk about during this podcast, so I'll jump into this because this is a nightmare. Politics. Um, specifically, uh, kind of the whole thing about Ubisoft games aren't political. Uh, there was an article from September 3rd on GameIndustry.biz by James Batchelor uh, featuring Yves Gilmo. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The the head guy there at Ubisoft talking about his stance on politics in their games. And Ubisoft's kind of stance has been like, you know, we don't want to deal too much in the real politics because we don't want to distract people from the game. Um, which is fine, but there has been this weird thing where they, they say that, and then they put out a game like The Division and Division 2. Uh, in Division 2, it's based in D.C., of all places, uh, where you literally are showing, you know, like the government and politics and underhanded and backstabbing. Uh, in Far Cry 5, you literally had a Mountain West you know, religious cult, even though that ended up being a huge dry bummer and that all the cool parts of the, of a cult you could have, you know, they, they completely whitewashed and made it as boring as they could have, even though I actually still really like that game. Uh, Watch dogs that dealt with like racism, racism and stuff like that. Uh, and now ghost recon breakpoint, which, um, uh, you know, just had this trailer that's just basically, you know, we're not really talking about current politics. Wink, wink. Um, I don't know. It was kind of funny. Um, you know, they all of these games have had political implications of some type. Um, and while they may not be a commentary on the real world, um, it's still a commentary. Uh, what's interesting is that you know we live in a time where you know other games have gotten flack for lots of things, including you know cyberpunk. People are some people are mad that they're removing sexes that you don't pick to be a male or a female. You just pick your body type and decide on your own. Um, even on the other side of it, you know, a, a game company recently that the game had transphobic jokes and at first they kind of apologized and then they just kind of went all in on it. Um, and just other controversies that are, um, you know, like, like games being blamed for, you know, shooting violence that has been happening, uh, you know, mass shootings and stuff like that in the U S um, for, for me, it's, it's interesting. I, I think an issue like this is, is way too big for me to pretend I can wrap my mind around it. And it's really just way too complicated for someone who's kind of dumb like myself to have any real insight on. Um, but like, I personally don't really care if a, if a company pushes the agenda, I just kind of want them to own it. Like, I don't mind that Ubisoft has all these games that have some like really blatant political commentary, but I also kind of don't want to see this, this, um, well, we're not really commentating. We don't, we just want to leave it to fun in the games, you know. I, I wish they'd kind of own it a bit. It's that's a little weak-handed, in my opinion. Um, you know, when it comes to like how cyberpunk is moving to the, um, 
to the whole idea of uh you know no sexes and stuff like that like i mean you know i'm i'm from the midwest in the united states i've always lived in very conservative areas i'm not gonna act like i get all of that stuff um but i'll sure as hell tell you it doesn't bother me if this stuff if this kind of stuff bothers you honestly it's probably more of a commentary on you and your own problems than anyone else's like are they pandering are they doing all that stuff i don't know maybe but i don't it doesn't hurt me it's probably not hurting you i don't know that's just my outlook on it but what do i know um one of the more interesting things that's kind of on this topic that um has kind of has it popped up when division one came out and it popped up again when division two came out and it kind of flamed out as it should um but there, I, I've I've had people I respect kind of say that there's more to it than than you would think, and the whole idea of um, the division in general. Uh, if if you look at what the division is, is it's essentially a bunch of unregulated government agents killing American citizens with no due process or or really any rules at all. Um, and so you know, with Division Two specifically, I remember after it came out. There was some kind of goofy articles written about how it's like Tucker Carlson, uh, who's a political, a very conservative, borderline right, far right wing um, political commentator in the United States saying it's like his wet dream and, and stuff like that. Um, and what I found so funny is that like I kind of get it, uh, even though I, I disagree with it. Um, but I think what every time I'd see those things pop up, um, what cracked me up more than anything is how. Um, you know, the idea that the division is this like this wet dream for um, some, you know, especially kind of right leaning or right wing political party. And just knowing that, at least in my experience, Ubisoft in general and specifically massive in Sweden is just like one of the most diverse left leaning liberal strongholds I've ever interacted with. And um, so the idea of them, you know, they just accidentally churn out this game that some people think is this like ultra right wing or whatever um i don't know it just kind of made me laugh i remember when i saw that um i get some people's issue with the division and why actually i actually like about division two is i feel like there was a little bit of commentary or some recognition of this whole thing of like eh, we kind of have a bunch of people running around with all this super tech that kind of get to do whatever they want and there's no recourse um I get it, but I I don't think it's I don't think it's a uh, a topic worth getting too upset about. Uh, personally, I mean, I lean left politically, uh, and and the I guess these things don't bother me as much because um, I, I I'm definitely in the the idea of just like I don't know if you if it if it makes you happy and doesn't hurt me, you do you for the most part unless it's a bad gaming opinion specifically about division two. And then I'm going to shit my pants and Twitter at you. But other than that, you know, I just, uh, I, I think I kind of get, you know, why people would be upset on both sides about this stuff, but, but more than anything, I guess my point here and the whole deal here is, is just kind of, you know, like Ubisoft specifically, but really any gaming company that takes a stance one way or the other, uh, just, just own it. You know, maybe don't try to be so, uh, don't try not always be so neutral. Um, you know, I don't want politics in my games necessarily. Uh, but, but if you're going to go there, you might as well go all the way. But what do I know? What I do know is that it's mid roll time. So roughly the next 60 seconds, there's going to be me talking about something else, probably way louder than this audio. Be right back.
Okay, so community topics and discussion. I'm going to be straight up. Wasn't much to talk about this podcast. I was really banking on the state of the game. So I'm going to talk about uh, a little topic here. You know, Do we expect too much? Then I'm going to go into a few questions from Nitro, uh, a listener, then some content updates, and then I am bouncing out of here to uh, give a little baby a bath. So, um, But in the community topics and discussion, uh, do we expect too much? Or not enough. Um, so you know, Division Two is obviously a relevant topic for this because um, you know, while I would argue we've had pretty consistent updates, you know, the last you know four to six weeks have been slow to say the least. And um, the the last DLC, like I've said before, um, while I think that overall Episode One was a solid update. Uh, you know the what was supposed to be the biggest part of it the expedition left a, a bit to be um desired um and, but i still even with division one um where division one did make the mistake in its uh lead up of of showing a game that we never really got um unfortunately in the uh, in the in the early 20 teens um Ubisoft had kind of a a run of showing games that we never really got, <laughs> whether it was the first Watch Dogs, um, even Assassin's Creed to a point, uh, the first Division. Um, even though I think the first Division ended up being a really cool game. Um, if you look at the trailers and the lead up to it, we were kind of being sold a, a product that we never actually got. Um, and and in, in fact, if you watch some of those old trailers, you'll see that Division Two. Is is pretty darn close to the the game that we were promised at first, um, which you know I actually don't think is a bad thing, but we'll get, we'll go past that. My whole thing is you know when it comes to this, you know one of the explanations for the lack of updates um, that I think is reasonable is that you know there's you know, they've been taking vacations and stuff like that. Now, first off, don't assume that that's like an Ubisoft is amazing thing. Obviously, you know, they, they do seem to be good to their employees. My impression is that in Sweden, if you own a business there, um, even if you're owned by a foreign entity like Massive is, um, there, there's still rules about how much vacation time people get and stuff like that. And it's very generous there. I, I am not under the impression that the people who work at Red Storm in North Carolina get five weeks off um, just for fun every year. Um, so... While you know, I I am happy to commend uh, Massive and and Ubisoft. You know this you know this this break that the Division Two has been on is also just because of where they are. But I guess there comes down to a point of like, would I trade them being able to do that to get a new update every three weeks for the Division? Um, and I know I'm going to sound like a homer. I'm going to white knight it, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't because when I speak to the devs, I speak to, and to the community managers and, and stuff, they seem to like their jobs. And I've, you know, in situations where they could have complained about things, um, like crunch and so on and so forth, I haven't gotten those complaints. Maybe I'm not asking the right questions. Maybe I'm not in confidence, the person they want to talk to about those things. But, um, you know, when you look at, you know, a big topic lately has been Fortnite versus Apex Legends and how Fortnite was the king. Apex came out, took over for a while, but then people got bored and went back to Fortnite because Fortnite puts out updates like every three days. I know that's not true, but it sure feels like it. 
And even though they're not always received well, and in fact, the last few I think haven't been, um, they're still putting them out like crazy and they're at least keeping people talking. Where even like Apex, you know, went months without really doing anything significant. And they came out and Respawn came out and said like, hey, we're not going to work our people 65, 70 hours a week to put out content. It's just not how we're going to do this. Um, which was kind of a veiled shot at Fortnite and Epic and that, you know, there's lots of rumors and lots of talk that that is an issue in that company. And for me, like, like I, I'm fine with that. Now I'm also a 31 year old man who just had a baby. So honestly, this division <laughs> lull has been basically perfect for me because, um, nothing's happened during the craziest time of my life. So I have to admit that like, if a big update came out like two weeks ago, I'd be bummed because I simply wouldn't be able to spend the time on it. I want beyond my own personal, uh, feeling about it. I still just, I still am okay with them not being pushed the same way that some devs may. Now that said, <laughs> I still think that, you know, it's reasonable for people to want to push and want updates, especially fixes and changes to make the game more enjoyable, which is a big topic right now with division two. Um, but I, I really think that there's a fine line there and, and I don't ever want it to get pushed to the point of like, and I don't think this will happen, but I just don't, I don't think we should ever expect crunch and expect that talking about expectations. I do kind of wonder, you know, how hype, um, how hype impacts all this stuff and how it may hurt and how it may help, um, you know, a game like the division, really all games. Now you're, you're talking about. There, there's some games that sneak out that people haven't really talked about. Um, and, and people get really excited about them. Um, two games that came out recently for me, um, Vigor, the Xbox exclusive uh, Escape from Tarkov type, type of game, um, and Remnant. Uh, Vigor is more of a personal example, but Remnant is a game that it doesn't really seem like anyone saw coming. It came out and people really like it. Now, people are very impressed by it. So there wasn't really any hype for it. It came out and it's it's really good. And that's such a cool feeling because since there was no hype, people kind of took it for what it was and, and were maybe even more impressed because there was no hype. But then you look at basically every other AAA game that's come out in the last five, six years. And you, and you see the hype build. And, and at least for me, every single time, the hype builds and there's just no way, no matter how good or bad the game is that it will ever meet that hype. And it's not the game's fault. It's, it's probably impossible to meet that hype. Uh, you know, division one and you know, division one definitely suffered from that. And that wasn't entirely the community's fault. That was Ubisoft as well. Um, but even games like destiny, especially destiny two, I remember there being so much hype about destiny two. And then it came out and it kind of piddled away. Uh, I'll talk about that more in the next little topic. But, um, I mean, Anthem, holy crap, you know. Um, and a game I see it happening to in the next six, six, seven, eight months, whatever, is it, it's going to happen to Cyberpunk. And let me make very clear, I'm not saying that Cyberpunk is going to be a bad game. Cyberpunk's probably going to be a really good game. Probably going to be game of the year next year. Or at least definitely a contender for it. But what I'm saying is that even if it is really good, even if it is game of the year, I think Cyberpunk is at a point now that there's no way it can meet expectations. 
they just did a live stream in the last few days uh, or last week where they showed off a, a bunch more of the game. Um, and I liked it. I liked it because it kind of made it look like a real game. And for me, it lowered my hype a bit in a really good way. Um, you know, where instead of this, this kind of false promise of the world's open, anything can happen. You know, there's a billion possibilities. I now realize that there's like, there's like 50 possibilities and that's cool. That's a lot. Um, but, but I really, I feel like hype is a, is a dangerous thing with all this and, and with expectations and stuff like that. And, um, and I feel like we're kind of at a point now where any game with any notoriety gets hyped to the point where it can't meet that hype, no matter how amazing it is. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go in the going moving forward. Uh, and I think short memories are a problem. Um, it's it's been really kind of uh, smile inducing to watch so many people, uh, you know, post pictures of of Twitch viewership and and so on and so forth. And um, like, what's really interesting is for me to watch. You know, there's so many people in my timeline right now who are just loving Destiny Two, and that's honestly really cool. I've made it very known that Destiny Two isn't really my thing. I swear I tried, just I just can't do it. It's not my game, but I'm really happy that people are enjoying it. But but it's very interesting to me that the same people who are really enjoying it are you know happy to rip all over the division um, in division two, and, and what's so interesting about it to me is that to me it just shows me how short our memories can be, and that you know up until basically Forsaken, through the first two DLCs for Destiny two, um, that game was bad. It was a bad game. Um, I I would say substantially worse than the Division two, um, in its current state. Uh, you know, it's hard to compare a game that's been out for a couple of years to one that's been out for seven months or whatever. Um, but you know, if you look at both of those games seven months in, I even the Division Two and its kind of stale state at the moment, I think it's a substantially better game than Destiny Two was. Um, I know Destiny's Destiny Two reviews were kind of up and down. Um, it, it kind of depended on if a Destiny Two reviewer basically just played the campaign and then reviewed it or if they really dug into the end game because people who dug into the end game were kind of like eh, this game's not very good people it's a big regression from the first one actually but people who just played the for like 10 hours and then reviewed it loved it because it had a few new things right where again our short memories i mean D division 2 was one of the best reviewed games i've seen this year uh from its initial release um, obviously, you know, kind of the same deal when people got to end game, uh, end game was better than the first division, right? Uh, but still wasn't great. And even after a bunch of updates, it's still not perfect and it needs some work, but people are forgetting that division two was critically acclaimed. Um, and, and, and I think that's interesting. I, so I guess my whole point of this is I, I personally believe that the way that destiny two, um, kind of rose from the ashes of its release, um, I don't think the division two needs to raise from ashes. I think it's just kind of chilling above the ground. Um, and it can, you know, if, if treated the right way, um, be incredible and really resurge, you know, the way it should and the way I hope it does. Uh, but I just really think that we need to consider our memories when, uh, when doing this stuff. Um, and then just comparing games in general, I think is so tough. Um, you know, even within like the looter shooter genre, uh, you know, Sure, you can compare Anthem and Destiny and The Division and Warframe, I guess. 
But like I would argue that of all those games, Division is almost a completely different game, um, other than the fact that you collect stuff. Um, but in, in really, in, in a way, like I don't even. I, I think it's hard to compare any of those games, um, other than in their like broad, overreaching uh, kind of genre outlook. Um, and then just like comparing games on Twitch and stuff like that. Like it's still, I know I come back to it a lot, but it's just those stupid posts I see people throw up sometimes or they'll be like, Oh, division only has 500 people watching right now. Game is dead rip. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's not a very fun game to watch on Twitch right now. Uh, you know, when the raid came out, there were plenty of people watching it. Um, so, you know, unfortunately these looter shooters kind of, you know, wane and, uh, you know, come go up and down, you know, destiny has quite a bit of content out at this point. So it can kind of hold people a little bit more, it seems, but like, I'm going to be straight up. If you look at the top 20 games on the Twitch viewing right now, I'm interested in like apex, a little bit of PUBG, And that's about it. I could care less about league of legends war world of Warcraft. Like, so I just, I don't know. To me, it's just funny that like I personally could give a crap less, you know, how many people are watching a game on Twitch because I recognize that the vast majority of quote unquote popular games on Twitch are games I have zero interest in. Um, and I've argued for a long time that a game like The Division, I don't think is really shooting to be a top Twitch game. Um, I don't think that was the goal. I don't think, you know, just as I've said before, that the goal of, of Division 2 was not to make people Twitch partners, was not to be a streamer's game. It, you know, it, honestly seems like a game that was that was made for people who wanted to play it um you know there's obviously a community who enjoys streaming it who enjoys watching it not a very big one apparently um and that's okay um i just think all the comparisons are just weird um especially in genre i just like i really like the division but i've almost found that i like the division despite the fact that it's a looter shooter and not because of it uh so you know like like when people compare you know, and then just wait for the wait for the Ghost Recon breakpoint comparisons to the division. Uh, just wait, it's coming, and you'll know why when this beta comes out. But uh, where the the comparison should be Assassin's Creed Odyssey to Breakpoint one because they're on the same engine, and two because they try to do way more things similar, way more things similar than Breakpoint's doing to the division. But I'll leave that for another day. I'm sure I'll be talking about Breakpoint next week. Uh, the beta comes out tomorrow, and I plan on streaming it and probably making a video or two about it. Um, I'm hoping that what I've seen before is all changed and fixed, and I'll start at Breakpoint and love it, but we will see. Uh, and then the last bit about this, you know, expectations and do we expect too much, is just transparency, right? Because there's one thing about, like, the division. It's so funny. Um people's opinions on how good the division does at being transparent is completely dependent on where the game's at and at any given moment um you know you'll see sometimes people say oh my gosh these guys you know they, they give us so much information they're so amazing this is so great um and then at other times you know like right now basically you know they've they've abandoned the game the rip game is dead um you know uh so while I don't, I think they've actually done a pretty good job overall. I also think that you know they 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 should always be striving to do better. Um, you know the the communication about the expedition and how it was going to end <laughs> and be taken away um, that could have been done better. And and I've had multiple CMs 
directly and in my chat on my stream and just on Twitter, you know, say, yeah, we kind of, we, we F that up, you know, that, that it, it seems like communication between the different parts of Ubisoft and massive isn't their strong suit all the time. Um, it seems like the, the head's not always talking to the tail. Um, and, and, and I, and I genuinely still believe that everyone has the right intentions. Um, it's just that there are some, some issues there, but you know, I'm not in there enough to know, uh, I, well, I'm not in there at all. So that's m- mere speculation for me. But yeah, so I don't know. There was my my rant for the, for the podcast to, to make it more than 20 minutes long. Um, moving to some questions here. Nitro asked uh, three questions. The first one being, do you think live service games provide enough intrinsic value? Uh, examples of yes or no. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on what people want from them. So uh, the way I take this question is, you know, do, do live service games, you know, give a, do they, do they like provide enough in general, enough gameplay, enough, you know, deep experiences, you know, so you look at a game like the last of us and obviously people really enjoy that game, even though I've seen a few people say they don't, but you know, people remember that experience, you know, do we have any moments like that with the division with Anthem? with destiny or because the games are kind of designed to be played over and over and over and over again uh and just add new stuff and never look back you know kind of um i i would say no and i would say that's probably why and i guess the best example i have is that i have and and i and it's and i understand what i'm about to say is not popular but I have just had this scratch in the back of my throat and back of my brain or whatever for probably six months or so now where I've just really wondered what the division would be like if it was a story-based, regular single-player, realistic damage model type of game, uh, a la old Ghost Recon games or SOCOM or, you know, those type of, those type of experiences. Um, and so I don't know if that's just a curiosity or if it's that I feel like we would, for me, a big part of it is I don't think that the live service gaming genre or whatever you want to call it method um, is very good at telling stories. I know some people really like Destiny's story from what I've seen of it and played through, especially a lot of Destiny 2. I don't get it. It is just the cheesiest, lamest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But maybe it's just I don't like space magic ninja jumpy jump things. I don't know. Um so I, I don't I don't know. I, I think that live service games provide value, but but maybe not depth. Uh Nitro's second question is is the community involvement or interaction substituted or used to enhance intrinsic value in a game? Um so how I take that is, you know, is the assumed community um, interaction. So, you know, matchmaking and stuff like that um, kind of a, kind of a crutch for the makers of live games to, to replace, you know, actually fun experiences in that game. And, and I would say, yeah. Um, I mean, you see so many people say it. Um, even that game like Ghost Recon Wildlands is probably my best example of that. I would say that was a live service game. Um, if you look at the way that they updated it and stuff. Uh, and, and, I, and I would say the average person would say that that game on its own, playing by yourself, 
eh. Um, obviously, I have my opinions that are way worse than that. But I've almost seen to a T people say a game like Wildlands with three friends is amazing, is a blast. And it's not because the game is necessarily good, but it's because it provides a really fun um, co-op experience. And so I would say a game like that, which I, I think of as a live service game, um, absolutely uses its co-op and community involvement and interaction to make up for what is kind of a lackluster game in general. Uh, and then the final question from Nitro is, do live service games rely on community? Okay, that's kind of the same question. Um, but I would say, yeah, I, I believe that they do maybe depend on um, personal you know, interactions in the community too much to kind of make up for maybe some lack of depth in the games, uh, in live service games. Something I've said, kind of my example from before, where I said that a part of me kind of wants to see a completely different type of division game. Um, I've, I'm hoping, and I've thrown this out, and I know it's not going to happen, but... If I, if we found out that the third episode of the Division Two DLC, the New York City release, um, ends up being like a five-hour story-based DLC where you get on a helicopter and play a f- and, and play through a five-hour completely single-player with co-op, I guess, um, story mode basically, where it's not a looter shooter during that time. Sure, you, you could get rewards at the end or something like that. I don't know, but if it really just tries to tell a story and I I not only do I, would I be okay with that, I would prefer it significantly. Um, I, I kind of want to see them be able to kind of throw away worrying about balance and gear sets and attributes and stats, and just be able to to take this really really cool concept and this lore and all of this depth that the story can have in Division, and just really really use it and flex that that narrative muscle. Um, and then because I think that live games in general kind of throw that out the window and just kind of rely on people liking picking up shiny things and playing with other people. So, so there's my answers. Thank you, Nitro. Um, if you have any questions, make sure to leave questions. I put up a Twitter post. You can leave them in my Patreon. Uh, you can leave it on the YouTube comments. You can go to my discord uh, you can message me. Shit, I don't know. You can email me, bonddieseltwitch at gmail.com. Um, you can let me know. I always ask. You know, we don't always get a ton of questions, but I'm happy to answer when we do. Uh, for some personal and content updates, Baby Diesel and Bay Diesel are doing great. Uh, they actually just popped in in the middle of my recording here. Uh, we're about to give a uh, little Baby Diesel a bath. Uh, doing really well. No major updates. She's just getting chubby, which is good. She's putting on weight. Uh, we have an appointment in a few weeks to see how she's doing. Um, she's kind of sleeping more now, but now that I said that, she'll probably be up all night and Bay Diesel will hate me. Um, but yeah, everything's good on that front. I will try to not post too many pictures of her, but I have been trying to put a few up uh, on Twitter whenever I have something funny to say. Um, when it comes to content and stuff, I'm kind of waiting on more division two info and updates before I get back into the, the videos and stuff, even streams. I've been streaming vigor instead, because there's a few things left for me to do on division. Maybe I'll stream in a little bit, but probably not much, um, until we get more stuff. I do want to get back to doing some of the Intel insights videos, uh, where I would go over the Intel that you pick up. Um, I did it for all of the Intel in the first game. Um, and I started doing it in Division 2 and then kind of got busy and stopped. So I plan on getting back into that. 
Um, I do want to continue pushing through with this podcast, even though like this one, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. So uh, you might be able to tell I'm kind of stretching the best I can, but um, I want to keep going and I really don't plan on stopping this anytime soon. Um, I want to get back to streaming at least two times a week, um, maybe three or four if I can swing it. Uh, but, you know, baby's got priority given baby's little break has got priority. Um, you know, as that stuff theoretically calms down, I'll try to be more active. But, you know, it's, it's going to be family first. So there's that. And wrap, wrap, wrap this stuff up. If you want to support the podcast and my other content, please check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the EchoCast. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. Helps me get noticed. On Twitch, I am Bondiesel, where I am trying to stream at least a few times a week. On Twitter, I am also Bondiesel, where you can see my opinions and word vomit if you want. If you don't want that, but you do want Division 2 info, check out um, the Twitter account. Uh, the Division 2 Hub, that is my Division 2 only account, where I basically try to leave out all of my opinion. I do a little self-promo on there, but for the most part, I just try to retweet cool stuff, post about cool stuff I've seen, um, and, and try to give updates on the game as needed. And uh, that's what I've got. That's all I have this week. Hopefully next week I have a state of the game to recap. And uh, until next time. I'm <laughs> gonna